you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hey, welcome back. This is Live On Purpose, the podcast that helps you to do just that, to live on purpose, take control of your life, make some choices, stop letting life push you around, and start driving it yourself. That's the best way to have a good time in life. I want to introduce my guest today, Garrett Gunderson. Welcome, Garrett. Good to be here. I tried to use that studio or that that arena voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't work. <laughs> it's all right. It's but I'm glad to have you with me, Garrett. You know, Garrett and I go back a while. In fact, I was just commenting to Garrett before the show. Wow, this is like deja vu. I'm hearing Garrett's voice in my headphones. Yeah, it's been a little while, but we're back. Well, Garrett, you and I started doing some radio shows together back in, I think it was, it was, uh, it was about June of 06. And we were on fairly regularly on the Produce Revolution Network and had a lot of uh, discussions about a lot of topics, met some great guests. and uh, Yeah, we were, we were on together for a while, and then eventually it just turned into your show, gave me a, mm-hmm. a day off as there were a lot of things going on, and then you gained a lot of popularity and following with your show and uh, made it your own, and now here we are on podcast. Now here I'm we your are. guest. This, this is time. the podcast version. And Instead Garrett of is a my co-host, guest. I'm a guest. This is awesome, and I'm glad you're here. There's a lot of reasons I invited you. Let's uh, give the listeners a little heads up to who you are. I think a lot of my listeners know who Garrett Gunderson is, and I've mentioned you before on the show. Um, Garrett, you are the founder and president head honcho, I'm not sure what your title is, <laughs> of the Freedom Fast Track, and that is associated with a company called Ingenuity. Ingenuity is right now one of the licensees, but Freedom Fast Track is okay, licensed by other places as well. Partners for Prosperity, um, Wealth Strategies, a few different companies like that. It's uh, something that mm. we're licensing all throughout the nation. Tomorrow I'm meeting with an advisor that's flying in from California. He's mm-hmm. investigating licensing. I really want to have this be the type of process where the influencers, where the people already making a difference, have a platform to perform at an even bigger level and make sure mm-hmm. that they have a way to articulate the principles as effectively as possible. So. Just a way to enable people to step up to their highest potential, to enter the world of business in a way that allows them to take their ideas to the market. I attended an event of yours, well, a couple of events of yours just in the last month, or ones that you've been affiliated with, one called the Business Blueprint, mm-hmm. and then uh, one through Horizon Financial called the Abundant Life. And uh, I know these are kind of affiliated or associated companies with yours. I think probably the best way to sum this up is that you're a producer. And you, you're probably okay with that term. Most of the time, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> we all go in and out of that, right. don't we? We may have some discussion about that a little bit. But since an early age, you were about uh, 17 or so, weren't you, when you, when you earned some of your first entrepreneurial awards? I was, uh, yeah, I think 15 when I won money for the first time with one of my businesses. And 17 is when I won uh, for the state of Utah. Um, the Entrepreneur of the Year for high school students. Wow. When I was 18, I won it for 30 and under for the That's fantastic. So, yeah, I I think pretty much from the time that I could speak, I was probably doing some entrepreneurial deal, you know, Uh (laughs) trying to negotiate, trying to create value in some fashion. So I know you get this sometimes, but uh, you've you've been razzed a little bit by former partners or business associates about being the young guy. Right. You know, but I just got my haircut and there was a lot of gray that fell on the floor. I got to tell you, I, I yeah. looked and I thought that's a, that's probably as much gray hair as it is black <laughs> hair. So, uh, you know, if I, if I'm young in age, I just, you know, want to look the part that I have, uh, credibility and stature and wisdom. <laughs> so the gray hairs, you know, cooperating with me for that. Well, and you definitely bring some of that Garrett, you've just, um, 
published and have begun to distribute and launch this book. Right. It's called Killing Sacred Cows. Yep. And uh, I have I've mentioned this book before. I've quoted it on my my weekly emails uh, that go out to quite a large number of people now across the country. And uh, this book, Killing Sacred Cows, as I was reading this, now I've known you for a while, you know, and, and we've had a lot of discussions, attended a lot of the same events. I have found this book to be a great summary of a lot of stuff that I've been learning over the past several years. Mm-hmm. And I think you did an, an amazing job just kind of condensing that. I know your, your uh, co-author, Stephen Palmer, is just a wordsmith. He is, and, it, and you know what's just great is here's someone who spent, I don't know, I, I just guess probably $50,000 at events with companies I'm either part of, affiliated with, mm-hmm. or events that I had paid to go to. And he turned that into production because he turned around and applied it by being able to articulate it on paper much better than I could. Mm. I could speak it, and I, I did, obviously, um, a lot of the writing for the book. And originally, mm-hmm. Stephen was going to be a ghostwriter, but he was able to add additional content, um, you know, clarify and bring clarity to some of those concepts that were in the book and expand what there was. So I thought, well, you're more than a ghostwriter. Even though I'm writing you a check, I'm going to put you on the cover of the book, uh-huh. you know, just uh-huh. to acknowledge and appreciate what he's done and looking at his life, a lot of the things in the book that I think are most groundbreaking or maybe even that are the true sacred cows out there financially, he believed in those sacred cows and he was willing to be intellectually honest enough Mm -hmm. to overcome those false beliefs. And that's tough for someone, you know, to do when it's what they've been taught their entire life. And I mean, that's why we call the book killing sacred cows. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a harsh title. It's got a little bit of an edge to it, but I soften it up. Um, as you open up the front cover and it says that no actual cows were harmed or killed during you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the making of the book. That one. Because uh, it's really just what we're trying to do is defeat these things that are in our mind that really limit potential, that really limit happiness, that really bring people to just take things as they think they're supposed to be based upon tradition. Now, there's mm-hmm. traditions that are extraordinary and so beneficial. And then there's traditions that keep people from really thinking. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not thinking at all. They're just going through the motions. It's very lifeless. And what it does is it decreases and destroys human life value and doesn't allow people to express love and express the greatest version of who they are. And, you know, in the book, we show the uh, the cow, the money cow on on the front cover, Mm -hmm. because that's where a lot of it stems from. There's a lot of misery and there's a lot of attention that people place on money. So as people read the book, they might start learning things about money, but what they'll find out is it's really about life. It's Mm -hmm. really about living the best life that you can imagine. But to do that, you've got to get into reality. You got to get closer to truth and you got to discover what principles are. And the best Mm -hmm. way for me to do that was to say, here are the ones that you probably don't understand. Here are the things that you've probably always been taught. And this is hiding or covering up the underlying principle. So if we could expose Mm -hmm. that, now you have an awareness so you can make a more powerful choice. You can truly be informed. You can decide, you know, you're going to make more powerful choices for sure. Now, this is an awkward and an uncomfortable position for people to be in. And right. I, I want to comment just a little bit about your title here, Killing Sacred Cows. It, it summons up this image of something that you hold sacred. You probably don't even know why you hold it sacred. I, I'm reminded of the story that... Uh, I can't remember if I heard it first from Les McGuire or, or possibly from you about the ham. Mm-hmm. You know the one mm-hmm. I'm talking you about? Lop off the, and I think you yeah. may have mentioned it in the book. It, it's too. right at the beginning of the book. So who we're, knows? We, we, you know, when you're share that <laughs> one, just so the listeners know what we're talking about. Okay. Well, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, this, this girl and she's about to make the Thanksgiving ham and, or, you know, Thanksgiving Turkey or the, the Christmas, Christmas ham, ham, I whatever guess is what it is. It is. And so, she's you know just compelled to cut the ends off of it and was thinking no, uh-huh. why am i doing this big old so knife lop her, off both yeah, ends she just calls her mom and says hey i'm about to lop the ends off this ham can you tell me why i'm doing that again and she says well i think it's because it brings better flavor uh-huh. but the girl goes how how does it do how that i mean she wasn't just taking it at face value she's really wanting to know and she's, she's like, the first one to question yeah, this right, in a long line it, of right <laughs> yeah. and so she calls her grandmother and says 
you know, well, I'm about to cut the ends off of this, you know, do you know why? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, it's, you know, makes it taste better. She says, that's what my mom said. But, you know, she was fortunate because she saw her great grandmother that was alive. So she called her up and she said, hey, what's the deal? Why am I lopping the ends of this, this ham off? She says, well, I got, you know, back in my day, sweetie, we had ovens that were just so small and that thing just <laughs> wouldn't fit in the oven. Had to turn you know? it down. And so it's just all of a sudden it's just passed down from generation to generation. And I think the mo- most powerful lesson in this is she calls her mom and her mom who's supposed to be like a motherly figure and know the answers when she doesn't know the answer, she just makes something up to look good. She didn't want to lie. She wasn't trying to be a bad person, but she mm-hmm. just wanted to give a reason. It's like people are compelled to give an answer, even if they don't know the answer, even if they don't know what the truth is. And so people just adopt it. They go, Oh, okay. For most people, this book is saying, no, why don't you question it? Why don't you ask mm-hmm. what's the root? You see a tree that's growing. Why is it growing? What's the root? Mm-hmm. What's underneath? What is it that's really happening? And when you can get to that root, that root is the principle. And then you understand the principle. Now you know why the fruits of the tree happen. You know what's happening along that cycle of creation. Well, you and I teach people all the time that principles govern. There are a set of principles out there, whether you're aware of them or not, they're running the show. And so if you become more aware of those and get really tuned into, okay, well, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. How do I apply this principle in my life or in these circumstances with this set of, of criteria? So I've got a question that will lead us to the break. Okay. If you were in violation of principle and temporarily it made you feel really good because you didn't know, would you want to know if it was going to be painful in the short term? Would you be willing to learn the truth? Mm. That's what I want to talk about when we get back. Because this is why, the answer to this is why myths exist. Why there are sacred cows. Why there are sacred cows. And they get, and once they're created, they get handed down by tradition. Right. I liked what you said just a few minutes ago, Garrett, about uh, tradition versus thinking. And it doesn't mean traditions are bad, but what if you were to stop and really think them through a little? Mm Mm-hmm. Find, and there may be a very legitimate reason for the traditions that you follow, but it may be like the ham. And how are you going to know that unless you start doing some thinking about it? Right. Real thinking. Mm-hmm. Not what you've seen. Right. And not what's just been handed down to you. Right. Some of the, I like what you said about the ham too, because some of the people who hand these things down are, are well-intentioned, well-meaning people. They're not trying to hurt you or lead you astray. No, they love you. So you got us going on a question. We're going to come back from this break and talk about that. And then I want to highlight some of these myths that you've covered in your book. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live On Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. 
If you have a pile of books you want to read growing faster than the pile of books you have read, Abundant Reading Systems course can help you. You'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly and you can retain more of what you read. I was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning. To be able to do as well as I did, I almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension, so I feel good about what I learned. Abundant Reading Systems brings you an all-new single-day speed reading workshop where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. Okay, Garrett, how about you refresh us about that question that you led into and then take us somewhere with it. Well, let's let's just put you in a situation right now in your life where you think things are going pretty well, but you start to violate principle unknowingly. It's not like you intentionally are violating principle, but unknowingly. I've I've seen this Right, because you're not aware of it or whatever. Not aware. So it's not like you're a deceiver. You're just deceived. I've done that recently. Like I did that uh, yesterday, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, you know. So, so the question is: Do you want to go feeling the way that you feel in this moment, or what if by learning the truth it would create some temporary pain, some discomfort of discomfort, some kind, discomfort, right. discontent? See, to me, that's one of the greatest gifts we can have because now we know that we violated principle, which is one of the ways that we work for progress. So I like how David Hawkins says it. He said, enslavement by illusion is comfortable. That's what I'm talking about. People being enslaved. You're not free if you're violating principle, even Mm. if you feel comfortable in the moment. So enslavement by illusion is comfortable. People have the illusion that they're living by principle. They speak the, the, the talk of being a producer. They think that they're doing things to be productive. But do they know for sure? Well, time will tell. You know, Mm -hmm. because if they create value, value return. But if they're not creating true value, it's just something that makes them feel good temporarily. It could be short sighted or it could Mm -hmm. be a violation of principle. So it is the liberation by truth that people fear. That's why I feel this book's important Mm. because it's it's really giving people a chance to say you may be comfortable where you're at. You'll have a lot of people, you know, Dr. Paul, you do events all the time and people say, "Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go to that or no, I probably don't need that. There's a lot that we don't know that we don't know. I mean, people that attend your event and then at the end of the event, they sit there, they go, man, I had no idea I was going to get this and this and this, right? Because Mm -hmm. they didn't, they couldn't see the picture clearly. That's what these sacred cows do. They keep us from seeing the picture clearly. And we create all these defense systems of, oh, we relate to, oh yeah, I've done that before. Oh yeah, I think it's like this. And, And it's a relativity situation. Anytime we hear something, it's never a breakthrough initially for most people. It's a, okay, mm-hmm. that's like this. They're trying to relate to past experience. Well, the thing about the past is it's already happened. The thing about the present mm-hmm. is any new opportunity doesn't quite exist in the fashion it ever was before. Just like your sole purpose is different than anyone else's sole purpose. So I could say, mm-hmm. oh, well, Dr. Paul's a shrink. And someone goes, oh, yeah, I know what shrinks do. Well, that may not be at all mm-hmm. what you do. And it isn't what, at all it what you do. It probably isn't. Right. right. It's just like when people would say, well, Garrett's in financial services. When I, and, and so they had all this idea of what financial services was and they related it to that experience. Mm-hmm. Sure. So people are in comfort in the moment and they go, oh, well, I think everything's okay. But discontent at least allows them to wake up and say, what can I do to progress? What was mm-hmm. I doing that was against principle and what can I learn from the situation? Now, in, at the time when it's painful, it's hard to just say, well, I'm so thankful that this happened. <laughs> you know, right. I'm so thankful that I'm in this pain. I'm in, so happy. In the that moment. I, yeah. But looking back at the progress I've had in my life, without discontent, this book probably wouldn't exist. Without the discontent that I faced, buying into the myth that net worth was where it was at and what I really wanted in life and the way I ran my marriage and my family and my life based upon the fallacy of net worth was mm-hmm. absolutely destructive to my potential and to my production. But fortunately, it got painful enough that one day I recognized how controlling that that had me being. I wasn't expressing love and possibility. I, I was expressing 
this is what we have to do. This is the plan. It's mm. not communication. It was relegation. And you probably weren't much fun to live with. But I thought I was. Well, yeah. But I thought everything was perfect. I compared <laughs> myself to society and I thought, this is, I'm, what are you talking about? I don't need any growth. I'm good. But then it hit me like a ton of bricks when I, I recognized that sacred cow. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I'm being prideful. Oh my goodness. I'm being controlling. Wow. That's scarcity. That's, that's the mm-hmm. consumer condition. I didn't even see it, but it was a financial fallacy, a financial fallacy. I mean, how many people talk about, and, and I think statistics, you know, you can, there's a quote by Garrett White in the book that says, mm-hmm. if you torture numbers long enough, they'll confess to anything. <laughs> to anything. And I, remember and I think that's statistics for you, but I know that there's at least a heavy influence that finances have on marriage. Mm-hmm. That there's sure. a lot of people that fight about finances. Oh my heavens, Garrett. I had this meeting with a couple just yesterday who, they, they came came in and started sharing this scenario about how their marriage was just on the brink of disaster, and they blamed money. There's yeah, uh, there's people right now that are having a lot of money situations. Real estate, for example, mm-hmm. is creating a lot of um, cash flow difficulties. Lending's in a different situation. I've got a mm-hmm. business partner that, uh, in real estate that's declaring bankruptcy. And uh, I'm learning about how you <laughs> resolve that. And, and when I look at all this, people think that money is the problem or that if they had money. I'll tell you, if you think the mm-hmm. problem's out there, that's the very problem, number one. That's Two, if money can fix it, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. If money can fix it, it's not a problem. Because money is not going, you know, you can't all of a sudden have someone dump a truck of money in here and all of a sudden you feel, you know, happier for the rest of your life because someone dumped a truck money. Now, temporarily, we may feel more comfortable. We may have that illusion grow a little bit. Mm -hmm. But when we figure out that you have to be a true steward and you have to, you know, align with principles that they never get suspended, there's never an exception. That's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. And anytime you want it different, you're wishing that principles didn't exist. Mm -hmm. You're wishing that you're wishing that you knew better than God, I think is part of it. Or that maybe you could be an exception somehow to all these. Somehow it wasn't your fault. As if you're a special case. Back, you know, to your show that somehow you weren't driving the driving mm-hmm. the car somehow your hands Wasn't weren't me. on the steering wheel right well but there was fog but the headlight went out but there was a pothole in the road but yeah but 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 someone was distracting me what i got a text story message. it is but you know mm-hmm. look there's always going to be those distractions mm-hmm. but in this book i want at least to give some clarity for people at how destructive these myths are and once you have an awareness you now have power to mm-hmm. choose in your life we don't have an awareness that ignorance is enslavement and for someone to be free, and you know, freedom fast track, that's really the cause that I'm about, mm-hmm. they've got to be mm-hmm. educated. They've got to be responsible. They've got to align and understand with principle. Otherwise, it's enslavement by illusion. And I'll tell yeah. you, that's, that's, you know, that's a scary place to be because that's where people say, I'm comfortable. I want security. The only security anyone's ever going to have is finding and living their sole purpose. That's the mm-hmm. only way I can see that security exists. Anything outside of that is an illusion where people hope that mm-hmm. Dr. Paul will take care of them and do what they don't want to do or whatever it might be. Right. Well, and that sole purpose is such a powerful concept. In fact, I was, I was going to let you know I've got our, our friend Steve D'Annunzio joining me for one of these episodes soon. Great. Uh, to talk about just that. It's such a powerful concept. I want to I want to get back to these myths a little bit. Okay. In fact, you just kind of glossed over one as if everyone out there and listening. The net worth. Man, I mean, no. yeah. Imagine I I just said net worth was worthless, and I glossed over it like everyone should just know that. <laughs> right. And and I'm thinking that probably a little more explanation about what you mean about that because okay. to a lot of people, net worth is a sacred cow. Right. I, I was having a discussion with a financial advisor not too long ago who is just, he's an associate of mine. And he said, well, net worth, what's your net worth? And I glossed over because I've... A billion? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, my sole purpose is probably worth that. I just haven't figured out how to bring it into the world. So would you talk about what that fallacy is, why that's a myth, and how how people can get empowered by taking a little different view of that or, or thinking it through? Well... Let me ask you a couple of questions. What, I mean, what okay. is net worth? How do you, what does it mean? Like when you hear net worth, what does that say to you? Well, in the traditional sense, I think this associate that I was telling you about, he said, well, that's easy. You just add up all your assets 
and you subtract all your liabilities, and the difference is your net worth. Okay, so let me get even deeper then. Okay. What are your assets and liabilities? Well, they're whatever is on my balance sheet. And, and he means the financial balance exactly. sheet. Exactly. It means the financial balance sheet. Mm-hmm. So, is, so it might be way, a house or a business or a, a note that I hold or whatever. The financial balance sheet is just the, the, the thing that we can see that came from the thing that we can't, which is our That's ability right. and talents and sole purpose. Mm-hmm. It's an expression. How good of an expression it is depends on how in line what mm-hmm. that person was doing within their sole purpose. So net worth is a financial state for most people. And if you ask, why do you want to build a big net worth? If I asked you that, and you're a traditional guy all of a sudden, I've, I've suspended mm-hmm. your knowledge. Okay. You're just in the traditional That's mindset. That's hard, by the way. <laughs> what is net worth? Why, why is it important? Well, because that determines what you can do in the marketplace. It does? I mean, this is the interesting thing. Right. Net worth is an indicator of the I past, of what you have done. And I can allow that to limit me. Now, here's where net worth is valuable. Mm-hmm. It's resources. It's resources. But if you mm-hmm. view it the way that you're being taught, which is don't touch those resources, you want to build the net worth, that's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you're going to dig a foundation and then pour, you're going to dig a hole and then pour a foundation for a house. And you've got all the concrete. You've got this big, big machine that will dig for you and do all these things. And you're going to say, well, that's my net worth. I'm going to leave that over here. I've got this little cheap shovel. I can go dig. I can go dig the hole myself. And I could go make my Mm -hmm. own concrete mix rather than using the concrete over there because that's net worth. I've got to store that. I want to save it. So yeah, people are taught not to utilize their resources, not to be Mm -hmm. stewards of the resources. And so they become fearful of What they've done in the past is the representation of their net worth. So what is it going Mm -hmm. to do for them in the present and in the future? Well, most people can think, well, in the future, then one day, that'll be my nest egg. Okay, what does that nest egg mean? What's the Mm -hmm. nest egg going to do for you? What are your plans on utilizing that nest egg? Well, I don't want to touch the nest egg. I just got to touch the interest. So what they're doing is they're saying, I'm going to take my resources and store them. And make sure I don't use them. And make sure I don't use them. It's Mm -hmm. like getting married and then never getting to spend another moment with the person you married. But you get to say, I've got this document. It's called a marriage certificate. So net worth is a marriage certificate for most people. It's not the marriage. It's not the experience itself. And to me, when I got Mm -hmm. past net worth, thinking about dots or on a piece of paper or numbers Mm -hmm. and thinking more about as investing in myself, investing in my sole purpose, a whole new world opened up for me. A whole new world of possibility, a whole new expression of my Mm -hmm. sole purpose, because I saw that as a resource for production, not a resource for someday, not a, Mm -hmm. not a resource for a nest egg. And so I think that's a completely different way of looking at things. It's, it's it's, seeing it as a past indicator, not as who you are. Or an indication of something more fundamental, something behind the balance sheet. And, and one of the quotes that I've really liked from, from a book that you and I have both read is, is from Atlas Shrugged. And in a, a speech that Francisco is giving about money. What is money? And, and he says, you say that money is the root of all evil. Have you ever asked, what is the root of all money? Right. What is it that, that gives you the ability to even collect this stuff that's on your balance sheet? Well, I would, I would charge you as we go to this break that if you say that you don't care about money... In the sense of you're embarrassed to where you're at, that's meaning you don't care about people. We'll talk about it when we come back. Let's hit that. In 1935, the federal government stopped the minting of pure silver dollars for general circulation. When the dollar coin returned back to circulation in 1971, it was the silverless Eisenhower dollar. This explains why your great-grandfather always had a silver coin in his pocket, and you never have. We're 180 degrees, and we have a pure silver coin with your name on it. If you're a young entrepreneur and feel like you're up for a challenge, contact us immediately at move180.com. That's move180.com. Click on the Contact Us link on the website and include the keyword silver in your information request. We will contact you shortly about how to retrieve your silver coin. While you're there, browse the website to learn more about us. Let's put some silver in your pocket at move180.com. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this program, then this opportunity is for you. 
I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office. Call Eric at 801-221-0223 for more details. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That's 801-221-0223. Relishing a week with your sweetheart in paradise. Spending that same week with other like-minded couples who live in abundance. Increasing your knowledge through powerful seminars geared toward helping you take your marriage to a new level. This is only a fraction of the value waiting for you on this year's Marital Magic Couples Cruise. Producer Retreats has teamed up with Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo to set the theme for this year's cruise as a more perfect union. Join us on January 26, 2008, as we visit the beautiful Eastern Caribbean Islands aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Call 1-800-591-2432 to select your package and book your spot. You can get more details at ProducerRetreats.com. Limited cabins are available for this event, so book today by calling 1-800-591-2432. We'll see you on board. Okay, Garrett, you got me worked up here, man. You said something about if I say that I don't care about money, it means I don't care about people. I care about people. It's just that money's not important to me. Well, in one context, I agree that money's not important. If you're financially free and it's not your primary reason for doing things, that's one thing. But for people to say, that's right, I'm a good person and that's why I'm broke or I don't care about money, that's why I don't have it. Um, well... You brought up the Francisco speech where he said, what's the root of money? The root of mm -hmm. money is labor. Labor, I would look at that as value creation. So what is value mm -hmm. creation for? For other what? People. Well, and it's when for it, people. When it comes right down to it, can that happen without people? It can't. And the thing is, there's always a form of money exchanged in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. You're you're not writing me a check to be here. I'm not writing a check to be here. But there's a form of money that's been exchanged because I've looked at this mm -hmm. as a way to cultivate our relationship, increase my human life value by sharing some of these things. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you have your reasons that are probably very similar. And so that was a form of money because it was immediate right. payment. It was immediate payment. We didn't have to use a receipt. We didn't, you didn't have to yeah. pay me for me to be able to go use that somewhere else. We had an immediate exchange. So that's one form of money. The other form of money is the currency or the dollars that people talk about. And as you go create value for people that you don't know, you bring your talents to the marketplace, mm -hmm. you do a podcast. Someone says, I want to sign up for you know coaching. They don't know who you are. They exchange and let you coach them by giving you money. If they didn't, and they're just always trying to come around and get everything they could, that's what we call consumerism. Mm -hmm. Or the moochers. Huh? <laughs> right. But for them to create value for you, Maybe sometimes the best way for them to create value is to give money. And that's how they enter that exchange. And so money is, is just a man-made tool, but it represents efficient, ex not efficient exchange. It's just an efficient way to exchange because if we didn't have dollars, mm -hmm. I'd have to try and go meet with someone else to get them to create value for my barber if I you know, didn't have the mm -hmm. right value creation tools in my pocket. And so it just becomes very inefficient. It really opens up the marketplace. And so if we look at that as a tool of efficiency to create value for other people, then what's wrong with money? Mm -hmm. what's, when money's evil is when people make it more about money than about people. When they use people and they love money. Instead, we should use money and love people. And that's, that's the right. difference in the paradigm. And so I think people have to make sure that they have a very clear distinction behind you know, what the Bible would say, which is that the love of money and the love of money mm -hmm. above people, not... You know, which is robbery, really, just saying, I want money, but I don't want to create value. That's theft, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's people hope to be lucky that way. But prosperity is not a game of luck. It's not a game of chance. It's scientific. And if you follow the formula, you know that you're going to arrive with prosperity. Mm -hmm. And so that prosperity is a choice in each moment, even in the face of scarcity, even in 
what you might view as difficult times or in situations that you would have preferred not to have happen in the moment, but when you can look back with the right perspective, they elevate you, they help you articulate your human life value in a way that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. And the book's really getting past those myths that prevent people from seeing that, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so if people think, I really want to be a good person, but I think money's evil, then they never want money because they think that somehow they're doing wrong to humanity, which actually limits the resources they have to produce value. And mm -hmm. so when we can, you know, slice right through that and let them see the truth and have clarity, man, the power in that individual, the expression of their sole purpose, it's exponential, it's rapid, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun to watch. This is probably one of the biggest sacred cows out there. It's just the concept of money itself. Mm -hmm. and, and I've noticed that a lot of the myths that you go through in your book and, and kill each one of these cows, and you had a barbecue here. Right. <laughs> I think it was Dan Sullivan said something about Slay that. Slay the and, cow. And have, <laughs> uh, have a barbecue. So make a profit. <laughs> well, the, the mama cow of all of them is money itself. Right. And how this gets set up as some kind of a sacred cow. And it really is, is elevated for some people to the level of deity. And they worship it. Mm -hmm. And I've challenged some of my clients about this. I said, you've got to stop worshiping money if you want to make any progress here, you know. And they don't see how they're doing it. But they're, they're putting so much power. That's the thing about a sacred cow is you never that's right. really see it. It's like you've got these glasses on and it just blinds you to what's really happening. That's just how it is to you. But you keep tripping. It's like, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're in a dark room, you got sunglasses on and your kids have spread toys all over the floor and you wonder why you keep hurting your feet as you walk around. Well, sometimes you just mm -hmm. got to flip on the light and then you go, oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah. I could keep blaming this walking thing or I could keep blaming what's going on or else I could, you know start to look more clearly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that investigation is painful because it goes back to, are we okay being comfortable? Because that's mm -hmm. enslavement by illusion. Or do we want freedom, which many times comes with tough choices, comes mm -hmm. with responsibility, comes with lessons that mm -hmm. in the moment could be painful. But the difference between pain and suffering, pain is a temporary state. Suffering is when we continue to choose to be in pain for long periods of time. And we suffer something that doesn't really have to have suffering behind it. And, and mm -hmm. it's really because of our interpretation. Something happens and we say, that shouldn't have happened. That was so bad. Why did this have to happen to me? And that's just not useful. That's not useful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's useful is to say, what can I do in this moment? What could I learn from that moment? You know, what's the mm -hmm. best choice right now? And mm -hmm. people tend to make things complex when things don't go their way. They create stories. They create reasons. They still have wishful thinking that those things would have never happened. But if it weren't for some of these experiences I had about money, I wouldn't have been able to write the book. And mm -hmm. what's going to happen because the book gets out there in the world? You know, I think it's going to be tremendous. And so mm -hmm. would I want to get rid of that, that negative experience where I was believing in net worth or where I thought high risk equaled high return and, you know, all those types of things? Mm -hmm. Or is it better that I went through it? And I'm real thankful that I went through it at such a young age that, the amount of dollars were a lot less than they could have been. The what if I would have been gambling for years and years and it was working? What I mean by gambling, investing and have it go up, but I didn't know why it was going up. And then one day mm -hmm. you lose a whole lot more. That's a much more painful experience. It, well, it sure is. And I've heard so, so many people say, gosh, I just wish that this wouldn't have happened. And I think that that is always short-sighted to say that. You don't know yet the value that your experiences will bring into your own life, but also what kind of a position does that put you in to help others? So Garrett, you've gone through all of these paradigm shifts and, and you've had uh, some, some killing of your own sacred cows going on mm -hmm. through your life. And mm -hmm. from what you've learned now, you've put it into a book that you can share with other people. It's just a great example of how you take those experiences in life, leverage them in a way to create value for yourself and others, Right. And then how can you call it a bad experience? And, and one of the chapters in there is about price versus cost. And so this mm -hmm. is how I feel about the book. The price is twenty four ninety five, which not buying the book is zero dollars. So sometimes people think, well, zero, I saved twenty four ninety five. Right. They're trying mm -hmm. to build net worth. But for that twenty four ninety five, I've had a million dollars worth of losses and lessons. So I figure it's pretty economic for anyone else at this point. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're willing to sell that experience <laughs> for for, for pennies the low, on the dollar low price, <laughs> the bargain price. Yeah. Well, I uh, oh gee, I just had a thought and I I moved on to something else, but um what I was uh queuing in on just a few minutes ago when you were talking is this idea of security, how some people are craving security. Mm-hmm. This is one of the sacred cows, I think. Sure financial security and they don't want to move from where they are because that represents risk, risk. or that represents Scary. some kind of it's unfamiliar uh, an insecure place mm-hmm. for me to be breaks tradition breaks the routine so talk about that one just a little bit well and and this is where we can get real clear on what a dilemma is um, mm, this is my definition right. of a dilemma when you think by doing one thing it's going to create a problem for the other thing. And then if you do the other thing, it creates a problem in your life. So you, you feel like it's a catch 22. So for financial security, people think I really want to be financial secure. So they come up with an answer like, okay, to be financially secure, I should invest. So when they go research investing, it says, well, if you want a good return in investing, you've got to take a lot of risk. risk. And so they go, okay, I want security and through secure to get security, I've got to invest, but to invest, I got to take risks. So it's at direct odds. They don't do Mm -hmm. anything. They're not going to be financial secure. If they do something, they're not going to be financial secure. That's a dilemma. So they're toast either way. And people feel guilt. People feel fear. People feel frustration. They feel complexity. Mm -hmm. They, they get angry. I mean, it's a very interesting situation. But I look at the cost on people's lives when they're in a dilemma. But when I see a dilemma, this is what I begin to witness. I go, okay, this dilemma's come up. Here's how you resolve a dilemma. What's the principle? Once you figure out the principle, then the dilemma dissipates because it's not real. Mm-hmm. So financial security, I find out that high risk doesn't equal high return. It's actually the opposite. The more certainty I create, the more abundance I have, the better I can produce. Because I don't have my mind clouded with fear, doubt, and worry. I have my mind, you know, open to possibility. And I've heard you poke holes in this one before. High risk equals high return. Mm -hmm. When you really pick that apart, if you really think about that for a minute, what kind of sense does that even make? Well, I think that some people that were brilliant at marketing sat down with someone that said, we've got a really bad investment, but we really want to still do it. It's the only way we know how to make money. And he said, well, I think that if you just could convince people that the worse the investment is, the better the chance they're going to win, that you really got something there. (laughs) (laughs) And and somehow they did. It was a conspiracy. (laughs) And then now that's just traditional. That's what people start to believe. That high risk equals high return. Right. uh, Or that it requires high risk to get a high return. I mean, if this were true in basketball, then people would just inbounds the ball and throw it at the basket because that's the highest risk shot that you could take is that full court shot. And they mm-hmm. should do that all game long. And mm-hmm. what's going to happen? They're going to lose. They're Pretty gonna darn lose. sure. You, you watch a lot of times, they'll say, who took the most shots in the paint? Mm-hmm. And those teams typically have... Because those are the high percentage the shots. Yeah, that's, high that percentage. has the highest level of certainty, not risk. Right. Certainty. So what can we do to create more certainty in our life? And a lot of people have been deceived. A lot of people have abandoned certainty for a rate of return, for speculation, mm. for hope, for hype. And the, at the same time, they go to bed every night worried about their financial security. So I think that these dilemmas, anytime you're faced with them, you got to find the principle. When you find the principle, you find the power. When you find the power, you're living your life. You just triggered me for some things I want to ask you right after this break. All right. So stick around. I might even answer. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. you want to read growing faster than the pile of books you have read abundant reading systems course can help you you'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly and you can retain more of what you read i was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning to be able to do as well as i did i almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension so i feel good about what i learned abundant reading systems brings you an all-new single day speed reading workshop where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and double
double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly easing, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. I need to pray if you want to change the path you're on. Then sing. I need to wake up. I forgot what's important now. Wake up. Cause money ain't everything. Wake up. Okay, you know, we got going during the break here, but I want to follow up on something that was triggered by our last discussion. And Garrett, you and I both know a lot of people who, I, I, I don't know what the environment is like where where all of you listeners might be, but I know a lot of you uh, probably can relate to what I'm talking about here when I say that it, for a lot of people, it's been a summer of scarcity. Does that ring with you, Garrett? There's there's definitely been an increasing amount of scarcity that I've noticed in the last two weeks. And some of this has been triggered. People will blame it on a, on a number of things. The the mortgage market, for example. Right, technique. Um, technique. You know, there, there's a lot of stories that people have about why they are where they are. Here's what I would like to get to, though, and maybe uh, I can pick your brain for a minute. Mm-hmm. As a person who has done some significant thinking about this stuff, and not everybody sits around and thinks about it the way you have. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying you sit around, Garrett. I know you're one of the busiest people I know. No, but I mean, that, that, I sit down That's and turn part of on what the TV you do. and watch a little TV, you know. I like you to relax. you got a little boy like who's to... looking for some time with you. and I don't get to sit down with him. He mostly wants to run. Yeah. Mostly running. Yep, running, and, wrestling, and, uh, doing wrestling. fun stuff. Yeah. We're about to have a, our, our next baby, and I'm thinking, That's well, right. it's going to be really interesting because I'm so used to being around my son and just roughing him up, and now mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be gentle and yeah, <laughs> right. a completely different mode, you know? Well, and the whole dynamic changes once you get two kids. Right, it does. So, And, and it's, it's a new stewardship for me. It's an additional level of responsibility, but because I have that responsibility, I have, I have even that much more opportunity for joy. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know. That's right. Plus, you know, a shrink who's uh, helped people <laughs> with parenting stuff all the right. time. So. <laughs> right. And and you know, the another good thing about it is, I've had a lot of things happen in the last three weeks. I mean, a lot of news, a lot of issues that have that have happened with yeah. either business partners or companies I'm involved with. Things you're and a lot of, of people. Yeah. I've been. You know, I'll, I'll tell you. Last Thursday, I got a little bit of the the flu it was the scarcity bug got me for a few hours you know ah. because uh i got a phone call from three people within 10 minutes all delivering you know to what they what they thought was either devastating news or you know or just they were in complete scarcity and mm-hmm. and i remember talking to someone that day in that morning it was actually darren miller and he got real worried you know because he'd never heard me talk like this or mm-hmm. hear me kind of mm-hmm. down and and by the end of the night I, I had called him and i just was you know 
talking to him again and he's like oh man I, it was a totally different conversation because i was like look just because we're tested with something just because you know you lose money on something just because you have difficulty and it doesn't go the way you want does that mean that, that scarcity exists and abundance doesn't anymore i mean does that all of a sudden did it change mean the principle? principles are gone does it mean that you know and and so i just did a a quick you know a, a quick look i mean i just did a quick look into my life and i just said well those that are going to receive the most abundance in this world and happiness are those that choose it in the seeming face of scarcity mm-hmm. and those that surrender to scarcity and say, but Garrett, you don't understand. This is so bad because, and then they give me some money situation. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you really they, think it's that bad because of that? They quote you the numbers. You know, someone said that this was going to ruin their life. Really? Money's going to ruin their life. You know, I was talking to someone from Arizona just this mm-hmm. morning, called me at, mm-hmm. you know, 5:50 a.m. their time so i knew that they're in a world of of uh, you know hurt and and scarcity and i feel like part of my job is to be a beacon of truth in the face of this scarcity and to also be able to talk some sense into some of these people and say hey mm-hmm. you're gonna look back on this and say i'm glad i was tested i'm glad i learned the lessons i'm glad that i knew what i knew but there's definitely this guilt because they start questioning and they have this lack of confidence because they think well, are these things true? Was I just mm-hmm. talking the talk? And, you know, it's Was good to find I out deceived? if they were just talking the talk. I think a lot of people have been philosophically saying they're producers and talking this producer talk. But now that it's time to walk, we see who's really the producers, you know? And the producers don't give up in the face of, um, of, scarcity. of scarcity or difficulty or, you know, things not going their way and throw a fit. You know, this is part of our growth. You can throw a fit. That's what two-year-olds do when they get frustrated. And that's where we get when we're mm-hmm. mentally in scarcity. We're, we're, you know, infants in life. But then when we can really choose abundance, wow, it's exponential to the power. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, our common friend Rick Kerber said something that, that struck me as being so profound. I wrote it in my journal and, and I've quoted it. I he keep, has a tendency to do that, you know. I know. He yeah. gets me every time. Yeah. He said embrace the experiences that illuminate your scarcity. And I thought that was so profound because here we are going through life and we are going to encounter all kinds of circumstances, some of which will illuminate our scarcity. When you start going into fear and when you start getting those doubts and you start slipping into that grip of, I call it captivity, it is and, captivity. And you get stuck there. Well, what a what a blessing that is potentially to you in your life if you can turn it into an experience that teaches you something, that you can come up with new strategies, new techniques that are based on the same old principles. Yeah, so let me give let me give the key. Here's the key. I was hoping you'd share the key, Garrett. Right, this is the key. The difference between those people that you look at and you see that no matter what comes their way, they succeed, there's one denominator for all of them. Hmm. This is it. Those that are most resourceful. Doesn't sound like it's that difficult, right? But Hmm. how resourceful are you when the situation occurs? When people are in scarcity, they don't become resourceful anymore. And what I mean by resourceful is say, what are the things that I could do? Who are the people I Mm -hmm. know? What are the resources I have? They can help me progress. What they start focusing on is, here's all the things that, that are wrong. Let me tell you what's wrong. Here's all the things that are wrong. Let me tell you what's wrong. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Now, the resourceful people say, here are all the things that are less than ideal. Here's all the things that are liabilities. Here are the resources I have to address those liabilities. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, they also then go and look and say, hmm, here are all the assets that I still have. I mean, Dr. Paul, could someone come to you and in one moment in one sentence, say, everything that you worked for is gone. If they said that in one sentence, most people go, everything I worked for is gone, and they get depressed and they stop producing. <laughs> Who in the world can oh. say everything that you've worked for is gone? Who can tell you that? Nobody. Only you. You're the only one that can say that. Right, but I'd be deceiving myself if I did. <laughs> right. So, so I think it's interesting because people really get these attachments and really like get hung up in the past, and mm-hmm. they go, but what about this work and what about that? I mm-hmm. mean, I just got to tell you, last year when Ray and Les died, I spent six months of mm. moving further and further away from loving my life, moving further and further away from principle. And then at the end of November, I said, mm-hmm. stop, no more. 
No I was more. worried about you, Garrett. I'm done. I'm going to spend a month in contemplation. And in that month, by the way, I got a lot done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Killing Sacred Cows got about 80% of the way done in that uh-huh. month of December. Freedom Fast Track was all of a sudden a, a real concept and company and process. Well, you gained very some clarity rate. about the resources right. that you had. I had to leave the scarcity. I had to leave the routine. I had to get past, you know, saying, I've got to sacrifice. I got to do this for everyone else. I was sacrificing who I was and I was sacrificing the quality of life I could present to anyone else because mm-hmm. I thought that what I was doing was the best thing. What I was doing was actually making more people entitled, allowing more people to violate mm-hmm. principle because mm-hmm. they were I, they were suffocating my production and, and siphoning it off and they were benefiting from it and it gave them a false sense of confidence and mm-hmm. it gave the clients a poor experience and it gave, you know, it, it, it allowed people not to create systems and elevate. And so it really, I, I finally had an awakening and a recognition. I could say, look, I love those guys, Ray mm-hmm. and Les, and I want to honor them. And these but were me this- honoring them is not to keep their doors open in Provo. The, the best way I can honor them is to be a person that loves their life and provides the most value in the entire world, not just in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, and we had a lot of people come back and say, we want refunds. And you know what I did? I gave them my portion back, whether I got paid on the thing or not. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't an easy process for any of them because I think by the time they yeah. connected to me, they probably talked to 15 to 20 people or, That's you know, right. and letters and, you know, but I, I really feel for them because mm-hmm. I, I felt that way too. But we have a choice in that moment. I had a choice in these last three weeks to choose mm-hmm. abundance in the face of scarcity. A lot of people are having cash flow issues. A lot of people are losing real estate right now. A lot of people, you know, are having a hard time fulfilling on their commitments. And what I had to look at is say, all right, what, what can I do to be resourceful right now? And I had to let go of, I had some attachments to building some certain projects that I don't mm-hmm. think right now is the best time that I wanted more liquidity. And I had to look and say, are these companies legitimate or do we need to really make them, you know, where they're really more effective and not just utilize money from my other businesses mm-hmm. and siphon it off. And what I saw it as was the best opportunity to clean things up and to be more productive and to raise my standard and my human life value. That's what I saw it as. So I can, I want to do two things. I want to add a little context to some, some of the things you just said mm-hmm. uh, for some of the listeners who, who may not be aware. Ray and Les were business partners of Garrett. Right. Great friends and, and business partners. And great friends of mine as well. Exactly. Who uh, were killed in a plane crash last summer. Mm-hmm. And that was a time of challenge for all of us. But I want to tie this whole segment right back into what you started with, that dissatisfaction or pain is what starts the whole creation process in the first place. Right, it's and God's gives you gift a to reason us. to do it. It's a gift to us to say, I love you too much to let you violate principle. That's right. Well, Garrett, we've got just a minute or, or so left. I want you to take a few minutes to let people know how they can get connected with what you're doing, how they can get a copy of Killing Sacred Cows. Point us in the right direction. You can go to GarrettBGunderson.com. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Middle initial B is in Breck or Boy, and Gunderson, G-U-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. And you can read my daily blog there. You can see families, <laughs> you know, pictures of my family there, and you can pick up the book and kind of find out some of the things we've got going. We've got Steve Denunzio is actually going to be with us on November the 7th and mm-hmm. uh, doing an Hour of Power video cast. Um, you can go to ProducerPowerHour.com to find out more about that and the membership we've got going there to really help people cultivate and protect the abundance mentality and live the most extraordinary mm. life in their sole purpose. That's, that's what we're about. And, um, I'd say that my missions is my mission is my sole purpose is for others to find their sole purpose. And mm-hmm. so any way that I can do that, I know it's going to benefit me. It's going to be the type of world in which I want to live. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're having a great life, share that with people. And if you're out there and you're having pain, I've been there before and there's ways to continue to elevate and there's ways to continually choose abundance. So, mm. So, you know, read, educate, hang out with people that want to do good things in the world and commit to the things that inspire you. And uh, people can get connected to your book that way, too. Get, yeah, there, you, there's a link for the book right, right there on, on, on your website. Mm-hmm. So that's GarrettBGunderson.com. And that's where you can get hooked up with Garrett, with the Freedom Fast Track, with this great book, Killing Sacred Cows, a great summary of some of these myths and, and uh, deceptions. Really, that have existed in Get our past world. Them. Get by them, yeah. and and live on purpose for heaven's sakes. Go out there and take charge of your life. 
Who else better to drive your life than you? Garrett, thank you for joining me on this show today. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Hang in there, everybody. Go out there and create some light. We'll catch you next time.